Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'll say what's up to everybody, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, welcome to the platform. Uh, today, I had a topic that was on my mind um, that uh, came across my desk, and uh, I, I saw it as a great teachable moment. And uh, and actually, as I dig into that topic, um, I hope that you guys will actually let me start by thanking the black owned businesses that sponsor this platform actually uh, for lifestyle clothing. I'm going to read uh, something to you about this company for lifestyle clothing is a black owned business that delivers top quality clothing, offering a perfect fit and a clean look. They're all about building a business to pass on to future generations. Hence the name 4L, which stands for live life, leave a legacy. You can visit them at fourlifestyleclothing.com, and that's the number four, fourlifestyleclothing.com. If you'd like to get a shout out on this podcast, just go to drboysfinance.com. Uh, that's drboysfinance.com and talk to Micah. She will take good care of you. All right. So uh, how many of you uh, went to the Essence Music Fest or thought you were going to go to the Music Fest? Um, let's see. Joe John is saying it's the worst production in Essence Festival history. It was. Did you go to the one this year? Are you talking about this year? Are you talking about in general? Um, I went to the Essence Fest right before Katrina. That's the last time I went. So that's literally almost 20 years ago. It's crazy, right? And uh, I had a good time. I had a good time. I had no issue there. I didn't think it was a bad experience. But I imagine that in the last 15, 20 years, they've changed. They've evolved. Uh, what do you all think? Give me a yes if you loved it. it give me a no if, if you didn't like it. Give me a like eh, eh, or an oh, it was OK if it was OK. So I see it was a great festival. Uh, what what else to see? Uh, by the way, Jashan, I see you from Los Angeles. Shout out the city you're from. Uh, let's see, Yolanda from Wichita, Kansas. What do you think? Uh, let's see here. Uh, give me give me some more feedback. I want to see what you guys think. Uh, OK, let's see. I've been attend. I've been attending since 1995. Yes, I went last year and this year was horrible. Wow. Wow. I, I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't there. I had a couple friends that went. Um, I got calls from my friends, uh, Stevie Bags, who's an actor on the Black Mafia family. I think I think that's his show. And uh, and he and I met on a podcast. He reached out to me right when he got to the essence. He was hosting the fashion show. And then also um, uh, D1, uh, my buddy, who's a rapper. He's actually teaching at Harvard University now. He called me while he was getting off the plane to get there. Um, I wanted to go. My wife and I wanted to go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, went this year. Wish I had more time. Would have registered to see what was going on. Yeah. So here's what's going on with the Essence Fest. There's been a lot of almost like negative publicity coming out with the Essence lately. Uh, I, I saw Vicky Dillard on Fly Nubian Queen was talking about some kind of a lawsuit that that had been filed or something, but it was eventually dropped from what I understand. Um, and uh, and then I saw an article. Uh, about uh, something going on with the vendors. And um, and the reason I wanted to talk about this was because I thought that it would be worth going through some things you might want to think about. A lot of you are black business owners. Uh, I think being a vendor at a good conference, good convention, is a good way to grow your business. Uh, but I wanted to share some thoughts in terms of what to look for when you're thinking about where to market your product. Because I can tell you like this, um, you know, hearing about vendors being unhappy, that triggers me because I can remember going to conferences and spending insane uh, amounts of money uh, to get a vending space and literally making nothing back, literally losing all my money, not even getting a good ROI on my investment. Uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was really, really hard. And so uh, my heart goes out to the vendors that are trying to make it work. And so I thought that I would share some perspectives on how to do that. Now, 
Uh, somebody asked, is Essence still black owned? I believe that it is, right? I believe that, uh, let's see, who are the owners of Essence Magazine? Let's see. What I'm reading here is that uh, it says something here. Smith, C Cecil Hollinsworth, and Jonathan Blount founded Essence Communications in 1968, but that doesn't help me. Come on, Google. You can do better than that. Um, OK Player says Essence is now 100% black owned. Uh, now, I think that that might have started recently, like in the last maybe five or six years. I don't know if they've changed ownership since then. Uh, I'm reading more here. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Edward Lewis, Clarence Old Smith, and Cecil Hollinsworth. Okay. And Jonathan Blount founded Essence in 1968. Uh, in 2000, Time Inc. purchased 49% of Essence. In 2005, Time made a deal to purchase the remaining 51%. In, let's see here. In 2020, Black Female Anonymous, a group made up of formerly and possibly current Essence employees, pub published a Medium article alleging sexual harassment claims against someone with the last name Dennis. I don't know who that is. Let me see here. I'm, I'm just reading. Uh, in, oh, in January 2018, the magazine returned to a fully Black-owned publication after its acquisition by Richelieu. Sounds looks like a French name. Richelieu Dennis, the founder of Sundial Brands. Uh, in 2020, Black Female Anonymous, a group made up of former and possibly current Essence employees, published a Medium article alleging sexual harassment claims against Dennis, as well as egregious claims of bullying and mistreatment of employees by members of the C-suite. I, I don't know. I don't th this idea of like anonymous allegations that just sometimes people just have a bone to pick with somebody and they decide they want to uh, you know put dirt on their name. I'm not going to say it's not true. I'm just going to say you need proof. I think that when you're talking, especially when you're talking about black men, uh, a straight black man, and I don't know if this guy's straight and I don't know anything about this guy, but uh, I really just think generally speaking, anybody can say anything about a black man and everybody will believe it. So I'm not going to believe it until I see proof. Um, let's see here. I'm, re I'm looking here to see what else. Uh, so, so I, I think they might still be black owned. Um, and the Essence Fest, let's see, it, it started in 1994, and it's still going now. And it's, uh, it's, I, I like it. I, I really wanted to go this year. I just couldn't go. And, uh, but I read this article about the vendors just not being happy. Uh, and not all vendors. They mentioned the vendors outside. So they said here on WDSU that some vendors at Essence Fest. Uh, in uh, New Orleans, in the SoCo New Orleans marketplace, complained Sunday about the placement of their boots, saying that it affected sales. Day one, we made very little money. Day two, it picked up a little bit, but still, we haven't even made our vendor feedback, said Amanda Lee, co-owner of Buttery Spell. Buttery Spell. So let's support this sister. Look up Buttery Spell on the internet and find her business and get, help, help her make some of her money back. Liddell says she didn't manage to even make enough sales to get back the $450 vendor fee she had to pay to get into the area. Everything was in the middle and we were around them. Regardless of it, uh, I was whether I was in the back or not, people were still able to gravitate to the center so I could pull them to my booth. So so let's see, I can pull pull them. But for right now, I have to walk. I don't know that, that these words seem jumbled. I want to say 30 feet to pull someone to my booth. So she said she had to pull people to her booth. Conrad says the area had a stage and intermittent second lines in the, sec in the center of booths. Uh, she made $2,000 in 2022, but didn't even manage to make back her fender, vendor fee this year. 
So, um, you know, that that's really interesting. And I'm not going to really speculate of as to what happened here. For all I know, maybe the product wasn't a seller. Maybe the sales process wasn't quite right. I'm not saying that was the case. I'm saying you don't know. Right. So this is not I'm not here to throw dirt on the name of the Essence Fest, but I am here to really talk about this in terms of picking vendor boots. Now, by the way, stick around to the end of the video. I got a stock that I want to tell you guys about. Uh, that I'm going to invest in right now that uh, I think is going to make money. And also, if you'd like to get stock selection sent to your text message, just text uh, text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996. You get Dr. Boyce profit alerts every week uh, of stocks that I like, as well as a list of AI stocks I will send you right away that you can invest in for your family. Uh, and also, if you'll allow me to thank one of our other sponsors, Aisha Verzi. Aisha Verzi, uh, she's a financial planner. She's a friend to the Black Business School. Uh, and uh, she's an independent licensed and insured insurance expert based in California. Aisha will help you protect your assets and your legacy. She offers a one-stop brokerage for insurance services, including index universal life, term with living benefits, whole life policies and consultations for debt management, and final expense, funeral planning, concierge. Contact Aisha at Aisha at rverzi.com. And uh, you can actually uh, call her. Her number is here. Uh, call her and tell her that Dr. Boyce sent you. 626 340 That's 626 340 And the way uh, our relationship with uh, different um, sponsors works is uh, we can't take money from everybody because we don't want anybody controlling our message and we don't take money from the government. Uh, but we do allow certain Black-owned businesses that meet our standards to uh, market on this platform. So Aisha is one of our benefactors, our donors. So she helps us build the black business school we give her clients so if you have a business and you and you want to form the same relationship just go to drboysfinance.com and tell micah that i sent you now somebody asked what's that number to get the stock alerts uh just text the the word stock to 31996 somebody type 31996 in the chat so everybody can see it all right so thumbs up thumbs up share subscribe we're talking about essence magazine and this recent story that basically says that essence is uh, is struggling. And after I, after we talk about this, I'll give you the stock that I, I mentioned to you guys that I really like right now. All right. So what I'm looking at here is that it looks like they have a few vendors that are not happy. Uh, I think that's going to happen in any event. You're going to every vendor is not created equal. Every product is not created equal. And so what I did was I gathered kind of a short list of some tips that you may want to follow if you have a black owned business or you want to create one and you want to set up a vendor booth to make sure you maximize your money. Then I'm going to talk to you guys about how to even know if it's worth the investment, because here's the thing. The Essence Fest is the coolest thing ever. It's the it's it's awesome. It's big. It's gigantic. It's an extravaganza. But just because you have a vendor spot does not mean you're going to get the type of promo that you're looking for. Just because you bought a, a vendor booth doesn't mean that all that traffic, those hundreds of thousands of people that flow through Essence are going to see your brand. So to some extent, you have to make sure that when you're marketing your business or whatever you're doing, that you're getting the kind of platform that you, you're actually looking for uh, and that you're going to be able to make your money back. So, for example, at the All Black National Convention, we have vendor booths, we have sponsors, we have all kinds of stuff there. And one thing that we talk, talk about extensively in our pre-convention meetings is how we can use uh, the things that are popular to drive traffic to the vendors. We, we literally, for example, if you were there last year, you'll notice that I signed all my books right next to the vendors. And the way the reason I did that was because I wanted 
everybody who wanted to see me, and I knew a lot of people wanted to talk to me and get their book signed. I wanted them to have to walk past the vendors to get to me. Right. And so that's kind of what you do in order to make sure that everybody kind of gets traffic. It's like flowing blood to different parts of the body. And uh, one of the things that really sucks, and I've gone through this myself, is when you pay for a vendor spot, anybody ever gone through this and you're like sitting there and like it's like crickets, like nobody's coming by. That's a terrible feeling. It's a lonely feeling. And uh, so maybe I can help you with that as you build a business. Every black person uh, should want at some point to build a side hustle or a business. So even if it doesn't apply to you right now, just keep this in the back of your head so that one day it'll help you make your money. Uh, number one, uh, they, this is a tip, seven tips to ensure your vendor booth is worth it. Number one, be clear if you're trying to build a, build brand awareness or sell your product or service, right? So your intention has to be important. What is your goal? To let people know that you're there or to actually make a sale? Uh, there are two, those are two different tactics in terms of how you might approach that. Number two, run the numbers. Once you are clear on your intention, run the numbers on the investment of the vendor booth and have metrics and goals that you're aiming to meet. Like, what is your goal? Is your goal to have so many new contacts? Is your goal to uh, pass out so many uh, samples of your product? Is your goal to make so many sales? Like, what is your goal? Just because you're marketing doesn't mean you have to make your money right away. Uh, also, remember, connecting with people doesn't mean you have to go straight for the jugular and straight for the money. You could actually take your time and just get to know the customer, let them get to know you, let them know that you're good at what you do. So, for example, one of the things we do in the Black Business School consistently is we we, we have no problem giving away tons and 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 tons of free value so that later on when we have to raise money to make this school great, uh, we will we reach out and we know there's no question about whether or not we, we're down for you. We, there's no question about whether or not we know what we're doing. There's no question about whether or not we're consistent in our commitment and our mission of building wealth in the black community and making black families rich. So ultimately, uh, you know, getting to know the customer, it's kind of like getting to know a new girl that you meet. You don't go straight for the good stuff, if you know what I mean. You got to take your time, get to know her, treat her well. And then eventually she'll be like begging you to like come over to her house. Y'all know how it is. And anyway, not to use a weird sex analogy, but, but I think that's what we all understand. All right. So let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Number three, have enough support. It can get really busy, especially at a 2000 person conference like FinCon. So make sure you have enough support to handle the crowds. So that's enough people there to kind of help run the booth, allow you to take breaks or attend sessions. So if you are there for two or three days, uh, you want to make sure you have people there that can cover the booth when you're not able to do it. You can't do it all by yourself the entire time. Uh, you know, otherwise, if people see a long line or have to wait to get your attention, they will likely move on to another booth. Uh, let's see. Number four, get social media and email details versus collecting business cards. Have a way to connect via social media at the booth. Bring a laptop or iPad to confirm internet con connection with the conference organizers ahead of time. By connecting on social media or providing a landing page where you can collect email addresses at the booth, you are immediately connected instead of instead of swapping business cards and going home with a huge stack of business cards. Yeah, business cards are kind of played out. Um, I got this thing on my phone, an app. It's a QR code. So when people ask for my information, I just say, here's my code. The code scans, all the information's in their phone. It's done, right? Other things you can do if you're a speaker, you can put the QR code on the screen. Uh, there are other ways. You know, I don't even like business cards. They're a pain in the butt. Um, I don't want to carry around a bunch of business cards, and I'm not one to necessarily... I just, I just, that's just, that, that's so 1986. So, you know, find some technology that actually works better and figure out what it means to make a meaningful connection with the customer. Okay. All right. By the way, I want to mention another sponsor of this platform, the Freedom Company run by Madam President. She has an excellent black owned apparel brand. 
uh, that does really, really well down in Atlanta. Uh, and so if you'd like to check out some black owned apparel, uh, if you are pro black like that, go to the freedom.company. Uh, that's the freedom.company. It's right there on the screen. All right. So let me uh, read a couple more. And, and then I'll get to that stock uh, that I told you about that I that I that I like right now. Uh, number five, swag. Of course, everyone is attracted by cool swag, free promotional items that you give away to attendees. Uh, while you may need to keep the cost down, consider items that are highly used and would be appreciated. So, giving something away to the customer is a great way to help them remember you. So, having something at your table that you just give away to everybody uh, with your logo on it or something like that, you can get those printed out pretty easy. That's a great way to promote your business. Number six, interact with the attendees. Figure out how to meet some of your ideal audience, followers, and supporters for coffee, lunch, dinner, or happy hour to answer any questions. Look to see how you can first listen to their problems and challenges without pushing your products and services. That's just important in general. If you're talking about trying to connect with somebody, you got to take the time to listen. Like, don't just start off pitching and talking about what you can do and what you need and all this other stuff. Listen to what they need. You know, the best way to get somebody to give you what you need is to give them what they need. And uh, and I can tell you this as a person who gets pitched to all the time. I have people selling things to me all the time. People trying to get me to invest in stuff all the time. People trying to get me to back their ideas all the time. And one of the, one of the things I can tell you, is that if you're showing up and just saying, hey, can can you do this? I need this. I need that. Give me this. Give me that. It, it, it sounds like the same old song, right? But when somebody steps up and they say, oh, here's something that I'm doing that can really help you. And I'd like to offer this to you, right? Uh, and it's something that you actually need. That goes a long way. You know, that that really helps. You know, like, um, for example, in the Black Business School, we're always trying to raise money. So when people show up and they say, OK, I've got X amount of dollars I can invest in this thing. And if you would lend your support, then I'm willing to consider that. But, you know, so so ultimately what I would say to you, but, but everybody's different. So a customer might be different. But I will just tell you, listening is a very important skill. And a lot of people don't pay, don't don't think about that. They just think about what they want instead of thinking about what the other person might want. Uh, number seven, they said is, oh, there is no number. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> so they say, oh, here we go. Visibility and presentation. Location matters. Presentation matters. First impression matters. The location of your booth space can be influenced by sponsorship and timing. Key sponsors and returning booth vendors may likely get the first picks and prime spots. So one thing that they're saying is that sometimes it might be tempting to think that you can get the cheap vendor spot and get the same attention that the people with the premium spots are going to get. That ain't life. That's not real. That's not going to happen. That's just that's just not the case. So, uh, you know, when when I heard that the vendors weren't happy, I figured I said, you know, I bet these are probably the cheaper vendor spots. Right. And so maybe it's worth it to make a bigger investment to get into a more premium location because marketing costs money. It just does. You know, um, you know, I, I don't know why I see so many businesses that have great ideas, whether you have no marketing budget. I don't care how good your idea is. I don't care how great your business is. I don't care how good you are at what you do. You cannot succeed 99 times out of 100 without marketing. What do you think? Jesus going to come along and, and, and take your brand and tell everybody about it? No, you got to market, 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 market. Marketing is important. So uh, when you start that business, when you get that thing off the ground, get you a marketing budget. If you decide you want to go to the Essence Fest, then really go to the Essence Fest. Do, do some research. Maybe find out which vendor booths are likely going to get the best traffic, which ones have gotten the best results. If you have a chance to talk to other people who've done it, uh, talk, talk to them because that's the problem, too. You know, Essence is kind of a big operation everybody's trying to go there. And, and as I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to spend money 
marketing our business at the essence. We chose not to because we didn't like necessarily what we saw um, per se. It didn't it wasn't a fit for us. Nothing against essence, though. Essence is cool. We just we just kind of felt like there are better, more efficient ways to use our money. But at the same time, uh, I understood fully that if we go to essence and we try to get attention to what we're doing, we're going to have to be prepared to invest. If you don't invest in yourself, then nobody else will. So when you start that business, make, make sure you have a marketing budget. And, and, and then that means that people, especially people that spend millions, if not billions of dollars building their platform and you want to get access to their platform, typically you're going to have to pay for it. You know, uh, you know, like like my platform, it didn't just come because I'm a smart guy who does videos. My platform came because we invested in this thing. It took a lot of blood, sweat, tears and money to get the platform to where it is. Uh, and I wanted to build independent black owned media that was disconnected from Hollywood and mainstream. So it took 10 years to do and a lot of money. So uh, so don't this stuff does not happen by luck. I, I don't know what people have told you, but that I'm just giving you straight from the boys's mouth. OK. All right. So anyway, uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. We're almost done. I'll give you that stock in a minute. But I want to make sure I mention one more of our sponsors because our sponsors keep us in business here. Uh, and uh, Body Natural Nutrition. Nutrients. Uh, if you need pain, relief from arthritis, pain, inflammation, and stiffness, you can get all natural relief with Bone Factor Advanced Bone and Joint Formula. Bone Factor is a plant-based solution with three clinically proven ingredients that promote joint healing, reduce inflammation, and regenerate cells. Visit BodyNaturalNutrients.com B1 and use the code B120 to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. So feel free to go take a look at that product. And uh, also, it, um, I want to mention, uh, in addition to that, um, I have a new book out. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's available on Amazon or at boycewatkins.com. Now, let me give you a couple more things that you might consider if you decide you ever want to market at a conference or at an event. Sometimes uh, if you have a business that's more up close and personal, you can actually just buy a pass to the event for maybe yourself and a couple of team members and literally just go guerrilla style and just go talking to as many people as you can. Uh, that's another way I've seen people do it if the vendor spots are too much. But uh, some factors you may consider. Uh, I made a list here. Uh, one, who's your target audience? Two, what is the cost? Uh, if the cost is too high and you're not sure, then you may want to be careful about doing that. What's your competition? Uh, how many other vendors are going to be there doing exactly what you're doing? What's the reputation of the event? A lot of people create new events that have no uh, that are not going to have any attendance that nobody's ever heard of. And then they'll 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 try to get sponsors and vendors. But uh, if you don't know for sure that people are going to be there, then you're taking a huge risk. Uh, marketing ex and exposure. Uh, you know, I would say, for example, if uh, for example, with the All Black National Convention, you know, we have sponsor spots where you not only would get exposure at the convention, but actually I can put you on my digital platform. And so if you are already watching that platform and you know how far that platform goes and you're hearing your friends talk about the platform and you hear people say, oh, yeah, on Dr. Boyce's show, I saw blah, 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 blah. Then that's evidence to you that we really have reach. Right. Uh, and I say that because I get invited onto shows all the time. There are people all the time that either want me to come to their conference or want me to appear on their show. And then they'll say something like we have a million listeners or whatever. And the, the measuring stick I use is more organic. I just ask myself, have I heard any of my friends ever talk about this show? Uh, you know, like so, for example, when I went on the Tom Joyner morning show, they I, my friends were saying I saw you on that show. Or I heard you on that show. 
But there are a lot of shows where they just lie. They just lie about their numbers. They lie because they're trying to get sponsorship money. So I would almost encourage you to uh, try to do that research. If it's a platform that you already enjoy and you have some idea of the target audience, that's a little bit better than a platform that you don't understand. Okay. So um, anyway, let me keep reading here. I'm going to finish this list and then we'll, I'll mention that stock that I wanted to tell you guys about. All right. So uh, let's see here. Um, Return on investment. Uh, that's easier to understand. Networking opportunities. What are the what's the potential for building relationships with in, industry professionals, potential partners or clients? Uh, event schedule and agenda. Review the conference agenda to ensure that it aligns with your goals and provides valuable opportunities for engagement with other attendees. Location. Uh, again, what's the location of the conference? What's the location of your booth? And then post event follow up. So you should follow up. Uh, with your leads, make sure you nurture those leads. You know, remember you paid for that. So you might as well make sure you get something out of it. So uh, those are some tips in terms of how to get the most uh, out of a vendor spot if you get one. So I'm 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 sad to hear that some of the Essence vendors were unhappy. I'm I'm sure that Essence is working very hard to make sure that most of their vendors are satisfied. Everybody ain't going to be happy. Everybody isn't going to walk away making money. Everybody isn't going to be satisfied. That's just a part of life. But at the same time, I would say that maybe if you are going to spend money on a vendor booth at some conference, make sure you just do your research first. Because if you don't, uh, I'll tell you a story that happened to me. We all make dumb decisions when it comes to business. We all make mistakes. If you go into business, just prepare. You're going to do something stupid at some point. It's going to suck. It's probably going to cost you money. That's why I'm a big fan of hiring consultants and taking classes from people that know what the hell they're doing because it'll save you a whole lot of, of expensive mistakes. I spent a bunch of money building an amazingly large booth for the Congressional Black Caucus convention many years ago. and that was one of the biggest wastes of money and time and energy of my entire life. It does not mean that the CBC isn't a place where you can't possibly make things work. It just wasn't for me. Um, I went there and it was when I wrote my first book, it was called what if George Bush were a black man. So it's maybe it's a long time ago, maybe 2005, that's ancient history now. And I remember being there and feeling so stupid because I, I, I had in my mind, I had this big vision, like I'm going to go there and I'm going to spend all this money. I'm going to create this amazing booth and I'm going to have all these sales and all these new customers and all these great things are going to happen. And none of it happened. I remember walking away feeling very deflated. And also my, I was out of pocket, a whole bunch of money. So, um, you know, in hindsight, I think that I wish, I wish somebody who had experience could have been there to either tell me to either a, how to maximize the situation I was in or B, Tell me to just avoid that situation altogether. You know, uh, in hindsight, maybe I would have taken that money and invested in a platform that I was a little clearer on in terms of knowing what my results were going to be or if they were going to put me on stage and, you know, I was going to be in front of so many people. I don't know. I don't know. But the hard part, too, is that people just lie to you and they tell you if you do this, then so many people are going to see you and then it doesn't happen. So it kind of sucks that way. And so um, it's, it's not easy. So I would encourage you to dip your toe in the water. Don't go too hard. Uh, you know, don't spend your whole life savings trying to do some big launch or whatever, like take your time, try stuff out. And then eventually you'll find stuff that will give you um, uh, that will help you move forward in, in a constructive way. Another thing that I did that really helped me a lot in terms of promo was I did work for free. Uh, I did a lot of things for free. Uh, when I went to um, AOL Black Voices, they were the number one black news website on the entire Internet at the time. I went to AOL Black Voices and I offered to work for free just so I could get access to their platform. People don't know that. That's the first time people started really knowing who I was in the black community. I went to AOL Black Voices. I applied for a job. 
They said, we don't have any money to pay you. I said, don't worry, I'll work for free. And not only did I come in there and do a little work, I didn't do a little work for free. I worked my ass off. I was writing more content for them as a free unpaid person than their employees were who were making 70, 80, $100,000 a year. They were stunned. They didn't understand it. They thought I was either weird, crazy, or a sucker. Uh, I wasn't a sucker. I was a long-term thinker. I was an investor. I understood the power of media. I said, wait a minute, if corporations spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to market on the same platform and I get access to that for free, then hell yeah, I'll work for that. And that's what I did. And, and, and a lot of people got upset with me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. They got mad at me because think about it. I, I, I'm pretty smart. I'm a great writer. And also I was working my ass off. So the people getting paid, I, I think they were worried about their jobs. They were like, man, how are we going to get them to keep paying me when this free guy is, is out doing me right now? I did not care. I just went hard. And that was the beginnings of building the career that I have right now. And it wasn't until later. I thought that was common sense. It made perfect sense to me. Why not invest in yourself now so you can have rewards later? And then it wasn't until later that I realized that most people don't do that. Most people don't do that. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've even had scenarios where um, I've let people use my YouTube channel for free. And then they would turn around and say, he never paid me for using his channel. And I'm sitting there thinking, number one, I never agreed to pay you. We never talked about money. I never said I'm going to pay you per video or anything like that. I said, number two, I would pay money to get access to somebody's YouTube channel. If, to, if you know, I don't know, let's say my friend Tariq Nasheed, he's my buddy. If Tariq Nasheed said, hey, boys, I'll let you do content on my channel, but I won't pay you. You know what I would do? Not only would I do it for free, but I would give him money to access his platform. Why? Well, because you can turn that into marketing for what you're doing. I don't understand why people don't don't get that. But I think I understand because a lot of people think that that talent is the driving factor behind who gets to be famous and who doesn't. A lot of people think that Beyonce is the most famous singer in the world or one of the most famous because she's just such a good dancer and such a good singer. And she's so pretty. And people don't understand there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of beautiful black women in the church right now with curves that are just as nice, if not nicer than Beyonce, who can dance their butt off like Beyonce, who can sing like Beyonce, that you will never hear about. The reason that Beyonce is the most famous of that group is because Beyonce is a billion dollar corporate brand. Give me a yes if you follow what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you follow this. Somebody invested in her. Somebody had to market her. Her daddy Matthew, nobody gives Matthew Knowles credit. Matthew Knowles was the first person to invest in his daughter. And then she invested in herself. And then somebody came along and wrote some checks to mass market the image of Beyonce to the world. That's why Beyonce is a household name. It didn't happen because of luck or talent. Come on, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she's untalented, but there's a million singers out here. There's a ton that you could throw a rock and hit, hit 10 singers in the head. You know, so so what I'm saying to you guys is y'all got to learn, man. I mean, I'm not saying that you're that you don't know these things. OK, so I'm not belittling anybody. I'm just trying to share some game here. When you create that business, you need to market that shit like crazy. You need to in, invoke marketing into your process or you will be disappointed because no one's going to know. And the thing is, that it sucks. I, I know every we all have this dream that we're going to like present our great, our brilliant idea to somebody who's got wealth and power and a massive platform. And then they're just going to make us famous overnight. It don't happen like that. 
I, I, I never had a big break. I never had some famous person with a big platform who said, oh, my God, you're so smart. I'm going to give you access to my massive platform. Do you know how much I've been on the phone with so many with so many interesting celebrities? Tyler Perry. All these people have called me. I never called them. Tyler Perry, Ice Cube, Kanye West. Louis Farrakhan, the whole list, I can name more people, right? And and the reason I mention those names is because do you know what I would do to if I could convince Kanye or Ice Cube to let me have access to their Instagram and Twitter platforms for just a week? Do you know what I could do with that? Like, do you understand that? Like, like you know, but, but the thing is that people don't give that away. People don't give that. To you. you have to make an investment to get access like that. And the other thing, too, is that you do need investors, but you're going to have to be the first investor in your big idea or in your big business. And if you don't have everything you need to make your billion dollar idea into a billion dollar idea, then stop dreaming about a billion dollar idea and start focusing on that ten thousand dollar idea. You know, do that one thousand dollar idea if you have to. You got to start where you're at. Because if you drill into that $1,000 idea and then turn it into a $10,000 idea and then turn it into a $100,000 idea then turn it into a half million dollar idea, then what's going to happen is that the people that do have the platforms, the people that are the famous celebrities or whatever, are going to start looking over and they're going to notice what you got going on. They're going to say, whoa, wait a minute. Look at here. Look at that. Wow. OK, I want to be a part of that. Right. That's how people notice you. They don't notice you just because you met them on the elevator and you pitched some great idea and that hasn't had any effort behind it, no money invested in it. You haven't done anything to actually move it forward, but you're hoping that they're going to grab it and just take it to the next level and you're, you're instant overnight going to have everything you want. That does not happen. Ain't nobody ever discovered me. I have not yet been discovered by anyone. Seriously. I've been noticed by a lot of people. I told you, the celebrities started calling me once they saw the shit that I was doing in Syracuse and they saw me impacting the world. But not one time can I think of any period where somebody came along and wrote me a big ass check for a million dollars and said, we're going to make this guy famous. Never has that happened. I have never to this day ever received a book deal. I have never received a radio deal. I have never received a television deal. I have not even, I couldn't even get on at a speaker's bureau because the white speaker's bureaus were booking Michael Eric. Dyson and people like that. So, 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 but here's the thing, despite never having a book deal, I've sold hundreds of thousands of books. Despite never having a, a speaker's bureau fully back me, I have done hundreds of speeches. Despite never being uh, adopted by mainstream media, I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews on television networks and radio stations and everything all throughout this country. Despite never having anybody give me a radio or TV deal, I have over a million followers on different YouTube and Facebook platforms, and I've been and my videos have been seen by about a billion people, or at least they have a billion views. How about that? Not a billion people, but a billion views. I got those metrics. And the way I built the empire was brick by brick, consistently reinvesting. They in finance, what do they call that? They call that the uh, uh not the churn rate, um, the plowback ratio. The plowback ratio is the percentage of your income that you reinvest into your future success. My plowback ratio has been uh, absolutely insane. It's been absolutely insane. Every time I made a nickel, I put four pennies of that nickel right back into building for the next stage of the development of the platform in the process. And so, so what I'm saying to you, all of you that want to do stuff and build great things or whatever, man, you have to go hard. Um, you have to invest in yourself. And as much as I hate telling you this, it's a lonely ass process. It's lonely as shit. Ain't nobody helping me, man. There's nobody to this day. There's nobody I could call that could write a check big enough to solve any financial problem somebody like me can have. I don't have that. 
All I have is a million people that see what I've got and they're asking me for favors. They're asking me for money, asking me for access, asking me for things. And I give as much as I can. I give, 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 give. And I love doing that. I don't have any problem with that. It comes with the territory. I'm fine with that. But this idea that somehow you're just going to get pulled up out of the mud and, and made into a superstar. I don't know that life, man. It just don't happen like that. This is just as real as I can be with y'all right now. So, so I don't know. I had no plan to share all these things with you guys today. And this is probably something I should probably share with my therapist on Thursday when I meet with her. But, but this is just what it is, man. So when I, when I, so, so it started with the conversation about essence and the vendors and all that, but it really goes deeper than that. It goes deeper to asking yourself this basic fundamental question. You're, you're giving birth to this dream that you have. And how committed are you to raising that little ugly ass, premature, tiny little baby and growing that baby into a full grown superstar? How committed are you? If you're not committed, then don't even dream. Don't even try. Just go go get a job. Work for somebody. It's OK. But if you really want to do it, then I need you to do it the right way. You got to invest in yourself. I hope this was helpful. I hope this conversation benefited you. Let me give you that stock. I know I've been talking about it. If you could do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, share, subscribe. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, we are on Spotify. If you go to Spotify, look up Boyce Watkins. You will find it there. Also, if you'd like to get uh, profit alerts uh, from, from me, uh, stocks that I like each week, uh, and also a list of AI stocks that you can invest in right now, just text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996. Somebody type that in 31996. Text stock to 31996. Also, every Wednesday in the Black Business School, we do Powernomics training. We're reading the book Powernomics together, and I'm breaking that down for you and your family. Uh, bring your whole family is totally free, and you get free access to my life class. Just go to blackkeystogreatness.com. That's blackkeystogreatness.com. All right, so the stock that I like right now is this company called Coheris Biosciences. Coheris Biosciences, the ticker is CHRS. CHRS. Somebody type CHRS in the chat so others can see it. So Coheris Biosciences is the stock that I'm about to buy right now. And uh, and so I don't know <laughs> if how great it's going to go. I just know that my research says that this is a company that could blow and do pretty well. So maybe you want to add that to your portfolio. This is not investing advice. This is just me telling you what I'm about to do. I'm going to go buy some shares of the stock right now. And uh, also my beautiful wife, uh, who is a therapist and a full professor of social work, she's hosting a healing retreat. She's a trauma expert, Dr. Alicia Watkins, and her healing retreat is virtual uh, and it's going to be uh, August 5th. So if you'd like to join her for her healing retreat, just go to DrAliciaWellness.com. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I don't know about you, but, uh, but you know, if you, if you're anything like me, you've gone through trauma, that's maybe, who knows, maybe that's why I was yelling so much a minute ago. Uh, but, uh, we all need to heal and I want you to heal because if you don't heal, then what's going to happen if you don't heal is you're going to keep on making bad decisions. Uh, if you don't heal, you're going to continue to have trouble with your finances. If you don't heal, you're going to have trouble with your relationships. So all of us need to heal. So if, if healing is your thing and that's what you're interested in, uh, feel free to go to DrAliciaWellness.com. She's been seeing couples and individuals on, uh, for the last 20 years. So she's very, very good at what she does. Uh, so anyway, guys, uh, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe on your way out. I will see you guys soon. Have a wonderful day. I hope this conversation is helpful to you. And uh, um, you take care. Talk to you later. Peace.